Welcome to Career View. This is the podcast where we ask questions you want to know when it comes to pursuing a career path. I'm your host, Nirija Shamal, and each episode I will ask questions on behalf of students across the country from secondary schools and universities what they want to know when it comes to pursuing their dream job. For today's episode, I'll be asking top questions that have been submitted by students on the Career View website who are interested in a career as a videographer or photographer. Joining me today is professional videographer and photographer Callum Smith, who works for himself at C. Smith Photography, a private business he started once finishing high school. In this interview, Callum shares an honest advice on the challenges of the industry and running a business all at the age of 18, which he's been running successfully for the last five years. So let's hear from him. All right. And we're back for another episode here today. We have our first ever photographer slash videographer interviewing under the Creeview banner. Callum, great to have you here. You just finished up a shoot just a few hours ago. I did. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Uh, it's going to be fun. Excellent. And how was the shoot? Like, what was uh, what the were you shoot? Doing? We just came from. Uh, it was a Remembrance Day service, so for RSLWA up in Kings Park. We did photo and video, so they would basically just cover the event. We've been covering it for a few years now, as well as Anzac Day, which is really nice and it's a special thing to be a part of. But yeah, we just take photos and videos of what's happening, service all the VIPs and all the service people who are who are there, paying their respects. And yeah, it's, it's quite a special event to be able to cover. We really enjoy it. Uh, we're up there for a few hours and I'm here with you. Fantastic. And do you have a small team with yourself or was that just yourself? Yeah, so I have a small team that we've over the years have put together. No one specifically works for me. What I do is I, I contact smaller businesses and people I meet through the industry so they can have their own work, but they work under my brand for these sort of events. And a, a good colleague of mine was working with me today. I've worked for about three, four years now. Great to know. Before we jump into our top questions asked by students when it comes to this whole career path of a photographer, a videographer kind of role, first thing I actually wanted to know, and I do this with all my guests, is that I have a very personal question. Now, I've always thought photographer, videographer is a role in itself, but you've actually made this into C.S. Smith photography, right? Mm. Did you ever imagine yourself making this a business for yourself as opposed to working for someone as a photographer, videographer? Yeah, oh, good question. I love photography and I love videography, but I really do love having a business. So initially did not think of having a business. I just thought I want to get into this photography thing. And then I looked around and I thought, hey, I'm, screw it. I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to yeah. start a business. And yeah, so I started a business and, and uh, yeah, I, I've been taking photos and videos for professionally for five years, mm. but as a hobby and professionally combined, about eight or nine years. Unbelievable. So at what age did you start the business? I started it when I legally could, at 17, just late 16, early 17, and then I registered for an ABN then. Okay. Uh, still at school. Didn't do much with it. I just needed to have an ABN. So if I ever did a job, I could say I'm registered. Yeah. Uh, and then finished school in 2018. And then that's when I put my foot down and I started doing professional work. And did anyone just say, hey, Callum, what are you doing? Is this the right thing to do? Is this what you want to do? Did your parents were like, is this, mm-hmm. is this something that you think this is going to be important? Do you, maybe should you do some certifications? Do you do, mm-hmm. should, should you do some studies? Did any of that chatter come around you when you were making that very interesting decision? Yes, yeah, yeah, it did. There were people who thought, 
that's really good, Callum. You should um, you should keep doing photography, but uh, yeah, go get a career. And instead, and I was like, oh, I think I can make a career out of photography and, and video. I think I can do this. And it's like, oh, there's a few people who thought, good luck. Oh, we don't think that's going to work, but, you know, go for it. And that kind of made me more keen to get it working. I was yeah. like, okay, I'll show you. But it was actually, sorry, mum, but it was my mum who, who thought that it would be not a career path. Wow. I just thought it's not going to kind of take off that much. Yeah. Not a lacking confidence of me, just a lack of knowledge of how much work was out there yeah. for photographers and videographers. Uh, both my parents have been in their career for the same sort of role for, for many, many years. A lot of people from that generation would have sort of that same job for a long time. Um, and I thought I didn't like that idea. So I went in, being a photographer and videographer is you get to go to hundreds of different industries and events and yeah. you get to dabble in all sorts of different kind of work. Yeah, absolutely. And prove them wrong. Yes. You clearly have. You're still here today <laughs> under your own banner, C.S. Smith Photography yeah, and yeah. Videography. So really fantastic. Mm. And you've come a long way. So I'm very happy that we have you and to ask these very important questions mm. about this. Mm. So all our questions today will be obviously about the career path, a videographer, photographer, but also taking that kind of mm. business hat that you wear every day is going to be very interesting. So awesome. So jumping into our first question that we have for you asked by students. The question is, what led you to pursue this profession? And probably just expanding on that question, what was something that really captivated that moment that you realised, hey, this is something I want to do? Yeah, that is a good question because um, as I just stated, you know, like it wasn't necessarily, I didn't think I could do this full time as a profession, but midway through high school, I was taking a real interest into photography. Like a lot of people do, you suddenly see really beautiful landscapes and animal pictures and all that sort of thing. You think, this is cool. And then I managed to get a nice little camera from for Christmas and birthday present uh, from my parents and, okay. and then we went from there so I was always going out taking photos of things and early morning sunrise trips we'd cycle into the city and get like a nice sunrise shot and stuff and it's like this is really cool and then you get to year 11 and 12 where you start focus on what do I want to do when I finish school uh, that's the big question what do I want to do what am I good at uh, this that you kind of go in and out of things I didn't do ATAR I did uh, general courses and a few certificates Mm -hmm. but I knew I wanted to work with people and I wanted to be around people. That's what I knew for sure and that was the only thing. And then it started clicking that, well, actually being a photographer and, and video and telling people's stories and taking photos of people to share their story along in an article or whatever, I thought that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so I liked that idea and I that's what kind of pushed me into the profession and that's what it was more the people side of things, not the, the photography itself. And then all of a sudden I realised I'm good at dealing with people, I'm, I'm good at building relationships with people. So I'm going to start a business too. Yeah. 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 So I hope that kind of answers that question. It um, definitely does. And you're combining all your passions all into that. But yeah. I just, I, I really commend you because it's such a scary time that year 11 and 12 period where you have to make a big decision. You've gone such an unconventional path. You've gone against what most people would do. Where did you find, like, what made you so adamant that you know that this was the right thing to do? And did you have any support with that? Yeah. I did have support. I did indeed. My father, my dad, he, he was very supportive of it. He thought, this is a great, you know, this is going to be great, Callum. You should go for it. And it's it showed that I was happy when I was doing it. I and mean, I think that's when everyone started saying, all right, go for it, go for it. Yeah. But there was always times where you doubt yourself and, and is this the right thing for when I leave school? And as you know, year 11 and 12, as you just said, it's a, it's a tough time and there's a lot to think about and it's very stressful and yeah. 
Yeah, so that's kind of, it was a very tough time to make that decision and I hadn't made that decision when I left school. I didn't make the decision that this is what I want to do. Mm. Um, I was still very unsure and always looking at universities and what could I do here, where could I go, and what should I do if this doesn't work and things like that. So I'll say that year 11 and 12, I, had, I still had no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah. This was just something that I thought could pass some time. Pretty interesting to get your insights there, Callum. Next question that we have for you, asked by students is, what are all the types of projects you can do? That's a great question because the first thought of a photographer is events. And that's, you just think they just go to events, they walk around, they take photos with a flash on the camera and that's it. Fortunately, it's not. There's so much more out there. And I love that because what I can do is anything you see with an image has been taken by a photographer, advertising, billboards, online, magazines, everything. And the best part about it is you get to have your creative input. Mm-hmm. And so some of the projects, I'll list some that I've been a part of. We've made small documentary videos for organisations that are, for example, selling jewellery. Mm-hmm. And so we went through the whole sort of cycle of that. They make the jewellery, they sell it, they polish it, they, then they raise money and donate it to charities. So we documented that whole process and that was awesome. That was in the video side. And you do get to cover fantastic events and meet people that no one would normally meet Mm -hmm. by being able to be a part of the journey. Anzac Day, Remembrance Day like today, you're you're talking and being with service people and and high-level politicians and getting photos of them interacting and working for companies and non-for-profits especially. For me, I love the non-for-profit space and you work for them and you document what they do and the impact they have on people. So some of those projects are just events. There's a lot of just walking around, talking to people and taking photos, sure. But there's also a lot of um, full days of promotions on sites at people's workplace, getting creative, interacting with the people and showing off what the services and, and products they offer. Absolutely. It's so diverse. I mean, that you clearly from all your examples that you've shared, You've changed my perspective because a photographer or a videographer is really specific in my eyes, and it is generally right. But the fact that you're rubbing shoulders with politicians or you're helping a non-for-profit or you're looking at a an example of how the, um, what did you say, the, the diamond or the gold? Yeah, yeah, the jewellery. The jewellery, the, the whole jewellery process being right from start to yeah, how it gets. So that was in itself, that's four or five days work right there because you've gone to different locations, you have to tee it up. And there's a, there's a heck of a lot of organisation involved in that your clients and with the people and locations you're going to go film on and take photos so there's also a whole different that's where the business side comes in definitely and i want to touch up on the business side with some of the questions that are coming up but it comes back to the point that you started off very early on in your high school journey and it's amazing that you got it spot on is that you wanted to be around people and this clearly is one of these career parts where you are interacting with so many different kinds of people. How's that been over the years, dealing with so many different people over this time? Over the past four years, I have photographed over 600 events. I've met, oh man, I couldn't even tell you, hundreds of thousands of people I've crossed paths with, I'd say, over these years, just whether I've talked to them or just taken the photo or whatever it may be. But um I was lucky in school to know that I wanted to be around people and deal with people. But then I started to realise how nervous people get when it's their time for a photo. Not necessarily an event, but in the corporate space. Just yesterday, we're doing a whole bunch of a little bit more of the boring stuff, but it's fun still. You can make it fun, the headshots and the the corporate photos. Half the people came in there and they were nervous and they were telling how no, I don't look good on photos and all that. So a big part of my job is just to reassure them, make wow. them feel calm again. And they left and they go, wow, thanks for making me feel so calm. And they get, I make them laugh. And But it's that, that I really enjoy that. I okay. walk away from that and yeah. I go, oh, that was nice. I just made those feel 
those people feel a little bit better yeah. about themselves in that photo yeah. because they do. They, once you give someone a great smile, it's all in the eyes, it's all in the smile. And I was lucky. I knew I wanted to deal with people. And that's an example of how dealing with people in this industry is quite rewarding. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just once again highlights how yeah rewarding this whole job and career mm. can be for someone. It mm. goes beyond just the camera. Yeah. I think that's the main that's thing. That's right. Yeah. Moving on to our next question that we have for you is what are your typical work hours? And I can see you already smiling quite strongly and intensely as a business owner, as someone who runs your own kind of, who runs their own business and has a photography and videography feature on both sides. What does that look like for you? Yeah, it varies. It's a variation of hours. I think if I was just a photographer, not the business owner, or just a videographer, not the business owner, you got very nice hours. You do, you kind of get to an event, you're looking at maybe four to eight hour days. Like okay. You're just doing the shooting. Yep, four uh, to eight hour days every day. No, not every day, every now and then. It would be very inconsistent and that's why being the business owner, I'm suddenly so busy because uh, unfortunately I do work so 60 to 70 hours a week probably. In the past year and a half, there's been some significant growth in the business. Monday um, to Sunday? Yeah, 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 yeah because yeah. your events – space which is where you be making your, your bread and butter money that's mm. where you're getting a lot of work uh, that's evenings afternoon evenings are common but then suddenly you get morning events and sometimes you find yourself like today i'm in king's park and then tonight i'm in freeman or you know last week i was in margaret river and the next day i'm back up here for a job you're all over the place typical working hours i'd say i'm working about nine to eleven hour days that includes a bit of driving the job itself going home processing editing emails, sending off things. And then sometimes you sit down and you realise you just did a 15-hour day. and you, But it's uh, it's not strenuous work. It's mentally draining more than anything because your computer and you're constantly kind of remembering to send run sheets to people, sending, sending emails, phone calls, people call, they need something, so you get off topic, things like that. You circle back around. And being a business, I'm one business, I have dozens of businesses who need their work. So it's like, you know, you've got to balance out. Well, obviously... Much more inconsistent just being a photographer, videographer, kind of a freelance in that sense, and as opposed to having a business. What do you think is actually really necessary to make a living based on these two kind of schedules? Would you say the business route has that more comfort and consistency, but understandably more hours or the other side? Yeah, I think if I didn't have the business, if I was just doing sort of freelance work, I think that would just mean I I would have to network very hard and get in the the books of a lot of photographers because at the end of the day if you just focus on weddings and events then you can only take only so many Saturdays in a month and they're your big event day Friday Sunday same deal so mm. you, you find yourself only maybe working three days a week and if you're not doing the editing and the business stuff then Monday to say Thursday what are you doing and, and you'll be thinking of ways whereas for me I'm able to edit on if I do happen to stay home for a day which is kind of rare now but uh, if I am then I'm just editing and getting things done and sent off and I'm still constantly working and I think the only way to make this a full-time career for me was to make it a, my own business and dabble in both photography and videography um, I think it'd be a lot more challenging to just focus on on one at a younger age um, however I do know businesses who focus only on video only on photo and they're making a lot of money and they're doing very well for themselves. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. And I want to stay on this question because, yeah. once again, crazy work hours that you have, 60 to 70 hours potentially. Like more it, sometimes. Sometimes yeah, more. Yeah. And um, that's insane. Like yeah. It's a hectic workload. Mm. And I want to know, how do you take time off? 
Yeah, I can already hear certain people in my life laughing at that question because <laughs> okay. it's, it's, it's hilarious how I, my thought, in what I consider to be time off, a lot of people would consider still working. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's a, a day off for me. I'm sitting at home lounging about my laptop doing a bit of work. And a morning of just emails and checking in on my equipment and maybe shopping for some new equipment. You know, those are the sort of mornings that to me I consider a day off. Okay. I feel like I am always doing something. But I do have a social life as well and I'll be honest, that has been affected by this job because I, I'm constantly working social hours. So I've, I've missed mm -hmm. uh, good mates' birthdays and I've missed family events and I've missed things and you feel, yeah, damn, why did I have to go and take this job for that? Mm -hmm. But in the same sense, once you work out, so it took me about two or three years to work out a bit of a schedule and you think, okay, actually... Um, common day off is a Monday or Tuesday evening. So that's the time I'll spend time with my friends and family. So you just got to shift it around that. But that first few years of, of growing a business, it was kind of just working all the time. And it, it was quite exhausting. It can be quite exhausting socially. Yeah. You're always talking to people and you're always being happy. And, and not that that's fake. It's just constantly with people, interacting with people. And you get that um, yeah social fatigue, I guess. You just suddenly start to feel a bit drained of energy because of that, but you still love the work. Absolutely. And I think it's important that you mentioned that there is a sacrifice involved, especially if you go down the road of starting your business that, you know, you need to cut back on those social activities, which at a very early age, <laughs> it is a sacrifice. It, it is, is a big sacrifice and it's a decision you've made. And once again, you've gone through the process and now you're on the other end where I think you probably have a bit more control, but that's a harsh reality that I think many people need to face in any small business for any kind of profession or any kind of medium in terms of yeah. what they want to do. So I really like that point. The other thing as well is it's a very demanding industry, which is strange because you think if photography is a luxury service and same with video, people throughout COVID, you know, if they needed to save money, marketing, photography, video, that was the first thing to go. Yet when it comes back, and it did, and it's back and it's in full swing, people expect things immediately. So that that is finding that balance of still pleasing your clients and, and making sure they get all their content when they need it, but not draining yourself, your own batteries and working to 2am because you're just trying to get all these clients work out ASAP because they want it, they need it for this, they want us posted on social media, things like that. Yeah. At the moment, I'm starting to realise this world is just moving so quick. So year 11s and 12s and people finishing school now, the world's just getting quicker and quicker and quicker. So it's um, it's a very fast-moving industry, Definitely. especially with the technology as well. No, I like that, Callum. Moving on to the next question asked by students is, were you concerned this pathway was more of a hobby than a career? Yes, yeah. I, I think I said this a little bit earlier. It, it's, it was very tough to make the decision that this is what I want to do for a job. The hobby... There are thousands of photographers. Every single person listening to this will know a photographer or at least someone who claims to be a photographer, as in they take <laughs> photos of nature or a, yeah. a hobbyist photographer. Yeah. So, yeah, there were big concerns of that. I thought, gosh, mm. maybe this is just something I'm just going to have a passion for and mm. it'll just be on the back burner and I'll do it when I get a bit of free time. But I didn't like that. I was like, no, I really love this. And people are out there always wanting professional services for video and photo. I reckon I can make this a living. I can make a living out of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot. Mm. But there were certainly concerns that this was just going to be a hobby. And their year 12 and the first year out of school were the two big years for that. I thought this is probably just going to be a hobby, Callum. You need, to, you need to maybe just think of a plan B. Yeah. No, interesting. 
Next question that we have for you, Callum, is are qualifications or higher studies needed for this profession? That is a question I get asked a lot. I'm going to say no. In terms of qualifications, you don't need to be qualified to do this job. There's no regulation on that. It's uh, No one's lives are at stake. However, I think it's very important that you go and do some sort of study, TAFE, online courses or uni for how it all works. Okay. Cameras, lighting, the things that are going to make you either a great or terrible photographer and videographer is those things. And yeah. audio. Audio is a big one. Big one as well. And, video. and what did you do specifically yeah. then? Yeah. So for me, I, through school, did a Cert 4 in business. So our school fortunately had that um, available and then I did a vet. I'm not sure if that's still running, but every Wednesday I went to TAFE where I was doing screen and media. Mm. And that was, so for two years, 11 and 12, that was a Cert 3 in screen and media. Every Wednesday I'd go out of off and do that. And through the school I did my Cert 4 in business and finance. But once I finished school, no more qualifications, just worked. And I've done a six-week course one or two nights a week, adding purpose to your business, things like that, professional development sort of stuff. And a lot of online self-taught, a lot of online learning, mm. lots of asking questions and a lot of that sort of thing, working with professionals and just getting out in the industry. How much did the TAFE course and the certifications you obtained really apply and support what you do today? Yeah, they, they were um, very helpful in laying a foundation of knowledge in the industry, how cameras work, how lighting works, and for the business and finance course I did, that was fantastic because that teaches you your basics around running a business. It teaches you about the finance side of things in a business, which is something that can get quite complicated. And, and it teaches you just business management, small things, mm-hmm. even basics like how to type an email. Yeah. When you finish school, you don't know how to address professional people in an email. Mm-hmm. It's simple things like that through to, yeah, okay, the actual logistics of running a business and all of what I learned at TAFE and all that I learned through the certificates and laid a very nice foundation of knowledge. And if I didn't get working straight away, I think I would have further done a diploma in photography. I think that's great. You learn so much through um, TAFE rather than uni for these practical things, I feel. Mm. That's completely my opinion. There's a lot of people who've gone to university and become very successful photographers and videographers, sure. cinematographers. But yeah, my TAFE pathway, I wouldn't, wouldn't change that. Fantastic. Great to know. And once again, for students out there who may be interested or for anyone out there who are interested in terms of obtaining some kind of higher studies or certification, TAFE is a really great option. Next question that we have asked by students is, how did you find work when you first started? You mentioned that you just taken photos at first, mm. but how did you go about that? Exactly what did you do, Callum, to yeah. you know, get that work, get that first paycheck? And the, <laughs> the first paycheck. <laughs> that was when I, the first paycheck was the best because I realised it's not a hobby anymore. It's, it's actually a job. But the, getting work is obviously when you start working for yourself or start a career in something at 18, you suddenly think, okay, what am I doing here? What am I going to, I'm just, I'm just, I decided I'm going to throw my hand up and I'm going to say, who wants photos? And nobody took that. I was like, okay, I need to give a bit more than that, I guess. I guess that's not the way to do it. So then I started going around and sort of mentioning to people, oh, you're having a birthday event. Yeah, let me come and take some photos for free. I did a lot of free work, just go around, learn flash photography at birthday parties. And and this was when I was 17, actually, at school still doing friends' birthday parties and things like that. And then family friends started hearing that I'm into it. Oh, you know, why don't you do a few family photos for us? And and, you know, you do, you'd start doing it and you, you completely butch the job and like, 
they go, oh, gosh, that didn't come out right. And I go, oh, yeah, well, it was free, I guess. Lucky on that one. But you learn so much from actually working. You suddenly think, wow, okay, there's a, there's a lot of lessons to be learned just mm. by doing these free jobs. Yeah. So free and very cheap was what I started off. Just throwing my hand up and saying yes to everything and working with professionals, saying, oh, I'll help you out. Just carry your bags if it is. Just watch you work. And over time, they give you more responsibility. And, yep. and suddenly I'm working most days in the week doing something. But yeah, I think it's a matter of just saying yes to every opportunity. And free slash quite cheap work is not, not a bad thing at an early level. You need to learn somehow okay. and people aren't, you don't want to be charging people a lot of money for something you don't know what you're doing. Fair enough. I mean, that's a fair statement. <laughs> what else did you do apart from maybe reaching out? And is there any kind of, let's say, online platform you went on or did you do any kind of marketing or how did you, yeah. I guess I'm really wanting to get into detail. How did you reach out to these people? How did you do it? I, I did. I, I did look up online. I sent emails out and phone calls and I said, hey, if you're ever, look, ever looking for work, if you need more help on work and jobs, give me a call. I'm happy to help out. A lot of them didn't respond, but some did. Some did respond. They go, oh, actually, that'd be great. Because I find a lot of people are really happy to help you learn and okay. they want to be a bit of a mentor to you. And, and that was really good. I had a Facebook page for photography. Mm -hmm. So that was very helpful. Social media presence was big. You know, yeah. you've got your posting photos of landscapes and nature and things like that. People love that. They, oh, wow, that's really nice. It's yeah. beautiful. Suddenly I start saying, anyone want a family photo shoot? I just did one offering them for $75. Let's go. And then some people say, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah, let's do it. And suddenly I'm doing lots of them and you're learning. Each time you do one, it gets better. You create an advert online and you post it and you go, hundred dollars and it's like family photo shoots so it's it's that kind of way and social media was big but yeah so there's a lot of that and there's a lot of that just calling people yeah and being like hey can I help you in any way and they can they say yeah come along um and then I worked at a pizza shop uh, to make money for my equipment that was how I actually made the money to buy things so I'd Amazing. upgrade equipment over time very yeah. slowly by having a little part-time job and yeah trickling in some money. It's a process. It's a process, yeah. whether it be buying equipment or building your profile and reaching yeah. out to people, mm -hmm. it all takes time. And mm -hmm. I think it's important for any young aspiring photographer mm -hmm. or videographer that there is no overnight success. Things take that's time. Great. I think in most fields, you would say that's accurate, but particularly your field, understanding that, yeah, it takes time, you know, and it you does. learn. There's a lot of learning and I'm sure you're still learning. I am. Every job, there's something I'm, I can walk away from and go, okay, that's interesting to know. Yeah. That's that's a lesson learned. And yeah, I think there really is a lot of opportunities out there if you just push and ask and, and talk to people. Yeah, absolutely. Get to know people. Next question that we have for you, and it's kind of, you've given some context around this already, but um, the question is, what equipment do you need for this career and how much does it cost? When I first started, it was a very simple kit. It was a camera, it was a lens, and it was a flash, and that was it. And then I guess over time you start to realise, all right, now I need a better lens and I would like a different lens for these kind of jobs and you know what, it's time to upgrade camera. So you kind of, from where, where I started, there was a $1,500 kit. That was it. It was, it was still a lot of money, but that, that was it. It was a camera, lens and flash. Now I've got over $30,000 worth of equipment. Yeah. It's hard to sort of say what you need and what you want just to be better. And I think... I touched on earlier, technology is moving so quick. It's every few years, you just upgrade equipment, gimbals, lenses, cameras, flashes, lighting, all the technology, you upgrade audio, you upgrade every few years. So it's an expensive industry in that sense yeah. if you want to stay relevant and stay on top of your 
offering the best service you can. I know a lot of photographers that are still using cameras from eight, nine years ago, still delivering good content. You started with 1500 with that first initial kit. What would you advise students today in terms of starting their photography, videography journey, in terms of the equipment they need? And is there any yeah. specifics do they need on that or it can be anything? Yeah, I think it can be anything. And you can go technical terms here, by yeah, the way, yeah. that's it, fine. I'm a Canon shooter, so my first camera was a Pentax. So um, I moved to Canon because I thought there's, I, can, I can keep going forward with Canon. But yeah, you, people just need, even if it is a, it's a crop sensor, that's fine. Get a 70D camera, Canon 70D. It's a nice camera, take good photos. It's not going to be blown up on billboards or anything like that, but it's a, it takes a good image. And then in terms of lighting, just a cheaper flash is fine. Mm. And your lens, just, just a standard lens is fine. So yeah. I started with a 24 to 70 mil lens and that was all I started with. But now I've got one, I've got seven lenses, some prime lenses, which are just so crisp and sharp, used for very specific situations, not, not very general when you start, you want it to be a general lens, general lens, general equipment, because you don't know what you're doing and you don't, you don't have a niche that you're going to hone in on yet. Fair enough. And that's on the hardware side, Callum. What about on the software side? What would you advise for students to yeah. just get them sorted in terms of workflow mm-hmm. and editing and all of that good stuff? Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's actually to start off with not too expensive. Adobe, you can get Photoshop, Lightroom and Premiere. You can get packages starting from $15 a month if it's just an editing a Lightroom through to a few hundred dollars a year so mm. it's actually quite cheap on that side and I'd recommend that getting a, an Adobe package and if you're a student or studying you get it extremely cheap uh, and I'd recommend just using that and really learning your softwares though because you want to you'll learn when you make a mistake in the field it's really helpful and you know how to fix it as best as possible in post-production and Likewise, for just creating exciting content, being really cool at editing is great. Really good at that. So yeah, my recommendation would be get Adobe package and then if you're a student, put your student code in. Done. But yeah, general general equipment is the way to go. Don't go. don't go for specifics straight yeah. away. I know you want to. You'll see very beautiful, say eighty mil prime lens, one point four aperture, so sharp, so nice. But you can't use that for the shoots that you're going to get when you start off. But yeah, it's it's equipment is one of those things that you just you can spend a lot of money for your first kit, or you can spend very little. But at the end of the day, you will learn the foundation of photography and videography either way. So you may as well learn and make those mistakes with your your cheaper equipment. Great advice, Callum. I really like that. Moving on to our next question that we have for you is, and a very important question and a very popular question we always get around all careers is, can you make good money in this profession? And once again, wearing your photography, videographer and business hat on, what does that look like for you? Yeah, it's the question everyone wants to know about every industry. You're right. And it's the question that, especially when you're in year 12. And you can, yeah. Photography is, and videography, such extremes. You can be making very little money. And I know and work with people who are making a lot of money. So the average, if you're a business owner, photographer, combine those two together, you can probably bring in about eighty to $90,000 in the first few years, mm-hmm. uh, which is lower, sixty dollars to $90,000 in that first few years. That's revenue, not profit. Once a lot of that will go to equipment and things like that. Yeah. But then, you know, now I'm in four years in, I'm, I've got bigger clients, corporate clients, businesses, weddings, and, and big events. You can be bringing in sort of between ninety and 120000 which is, is a lot for someone in your first sort of five years of working in an industry. 
I work with photographers and videographers who are making two hundred to two hundred thirty thousand dollars. They've been doing this for about 10, 15 years, full-time, yeah. just smashing out, which is a lot of money. But if you break that down into an hourly rate for what I work, it's not that much. So it depends on how you look at it. Right. But there is there is money out there for photographers and a lot of money for video as well. What does that breakdown of numbers look like for yourself? I've never really broken it down too much in the sense of hourly rates, but you can be making – weddings is where you get a bit more money than an average, yeah. um, as I'm sure anyone who's ever – been married or ever known someone to be married, they spend a bit of money. And that's where, you know, you, you're out there for a big day, you've got thousands of photos or gigabytes of footage to edit, but you can make two to $3,000 in that day. And photographers and videographers are charging a lot more than that as well. Yeah. This is for someone in that younger side like myself. And then if I were, if you were to just help me out on a job, mm. it's about $50 an hour, which is a very healthy rate. And that's what you get for just doing the photos and video. No editing, no pre or after work. So I hope that helps kind Def- of guide you um, in that sense. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think once again, it's just about an understanding of some numbers. And it's a very interesting question because you really know till you're there. And when you're in school and you might do some research, it's hard to really relate to that figure or that amount or what that could be, especially in your field as a business owner. So, Mm. no, great to know. Callum, last question that we have for you asked by students is, how do you differentiate from competition? There's a lot of competition in photography and videography, but how I differentiate is through people. I offer a very unique service in the way that I focus on making people comfortable I focus on making people feel really relaxed in front of the camera. And as long as they're happy and comfortable, the images and the videos are going to come out really nicely. And as alongside with that, I've got a whole part of the business that just focuses on non-for-profits. And so that is just getting offering affordable rates for non-for-profit organisations who can utilise a, a very friendly and easy-to-work-with service for photos, videos, all of that. I mean, at least that way... I'm doing something a little different. I'm not just going out there and saying I can take great photos, but instead I'm saying I can I can really connect with the people yeah. which will result in great images and videos. Fantastic. I like it. And for those who want that exclusive access and treatment, please visit C. Smith Photography and Videography. And it's, it's great to know that you've had so much exposure and, and that's your niche in terms of making people. And I certainly remember working with you on a job and that's how I felt. And that's why we're here today, that we can have a discussion and it's great that we can connect. So thank you so much for your time. It's been really insightful. For our listeners who have more questions for Callum that did not feature on our list today and would like to connect with him, just visit our website, careerview.com.au. This is where you'll find Callum's profile. You can find information about his business, what he's done, how he's got there, and you can send him more career-related questions about how he did it, which I'm sure he'll be happy to answer when he has some time in his 60, 70-hour working week. (laughs) And with every episode, please don't forget to submit the questions you want to know especially to young professionals who've been there and they've done that and they can share their story. Finally, Callum, before I let you go, and I know you're off for another shoot again (laughs) because there is no stopping you, (laughs) just any final words of advice for anyone who might be considering and taking the plunge like you did? What would you say to them in terms of entering this kind of industry, this career path, and even potentially exploring a business like you've done yourself? I reckon uh, the thing I would leave on is two points that I would say right now, and that is A, is just be kind to everyone you cross paths with when you're trying to enter an industry because they will remember 
how you were as a person. Um, if you take extremely great images but you were rude and you weren't friendly, they're not going to bring you back. But if you're at least just kind and you're nice, if you do a bad job, they'll remember you well still. So being nice, being patient, being kind. And, and the second part is, I know I've said it before, ask questions and take every opportunity you can get. There's always opportunities there for you. Just throw your hand up. And for me, I did a lot of volunteer work, photography and non-photography related, and I met some awesome people, and that's where your opportunities come from. So if you're interested in something that is out there that you could go and volunteer for, go do that. Fantastic, Callum. Once again, thank you so much for your time, mate. Thank you very much. It was great to be here.